Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. She's a repeat guest all the way from San Francisco, California. Welcome to the show, Stephanie Boldrini. Thank you so much for having me here again, Victor. It's such a pleasure to be here. Great to have you here. Now, Stephanie, you and I spoke last week about what's going on in the San Francisco market, and it's one of those markets that's been written an awful lot about in the news. Wanted to get a little bit more of a firsthand perspective on what's happening in the market. What can you share? Absolutely. So what is happening here, I feel, is probably happening in New York City as well. So San Francisco right now, uh, I live in San Francisco, by the way, is a ghost town. Nobody wants to quarantine in four walls, an apartment building, uh, with no access to working from a coffee shop or even the ability to go to your building's common areas. And nobody can even go (laughs) to the outdoor area of their common areas. And so a lot of people are moving out of the city. A lot of them are temporarily. There are a lot of deals in the residential rental space for um, renting units that are completely unheard of. So people are giving one to two months off at a significant discount in rent. So you're talking about a rent concession of a couple of free months and a drop in the rental rate. Precisely. Yes. All right. Do you have some examples? Yes. So my friend uh, lived in a pretty high-end building here uh, that was going at a $4,500 for a junior one-bedroom. And that same unit is renting for 3.1, so 3,100. So that is over 30% rent decrease. So this unit has been available for already a couple of months, along with many, many others in my building as well. These are the kind of deals that are Really, we would have never expected to (laughs) be able to pay $3,000 for a super high-end one-bedroom in a very, very good building with valet parking. Condos as well, as a consequence, are selling at a discount because nobody is buying them either. However, the suburbs, they're doing pretty decently in terms of home sales. So homes are still selling pretty fast. And the rental market in the suburbs of the Bay Area, from what I know, are also giving a little bit of a discount. It's not as much as San Francisco, but at least 10, 15% with some concessions, like one month off, for example. The people that you talk with, obviously, you've got a Silicon Valley background, uh, having worked in a tech startup there now, a very established tech startup. What are you hearing from your colleagues in the tech industry? How many of them are working from home? Are they working in the office? What's happening? Great question. Uh, Nobody is really working from the office. I know just a couple of people that are not in tech that are going to the office. I know that Salesforce, uh, definitely up until the end of the year, nobody's coming in, everybody else. So definitely until the end of the year, people are not coming in. And then if you are comfortable for companies like Apple, you can come in and they're doing on a this group comes in on Mondays and Wednesdays, and this other smaller group comes in Tuesdays and Thursdays, for example. Uh, but I have spoken also with some tech founders that were looking for offices before COVID, and now they're doing so well 
working from home that they're not looking for offices anymore. Very interesting. It would be natural to expect that we're going to be seeing fairly significant increases in vacancy in the office market as well in the Bay Area. Yes, yes. But I still believe that companies like Google and Facebook, they cannot be built without people coming to an office. So you cannot build a, an incredible I mean, multi-billion dollar company uh, without having people being in one place, I believe, because innovation comes with people hanging out together and talking, hanging out in the snack areas and things like that. That is my belief. Yeah, that's my belief as well. Having spent a lot of time in the tech industry, you know, you can get an awful lot of work done from home. And if you're working a few focus hours a day, if you're coding, if you're doing that sort of work, whether you're working in a cubicle or you're working in your home office, there's not a huge difference. But the exchange of ideas that uh, the training, my goodness, the training is one of the biggest things that's very difficult to do remote when you leave someone alone in their cubicle or alone in their home office for days or weeks on end, they will go down dead end paths faster than you can possibly imagine It'll waste tremendous amounts of time. And it's that human interaction that really accelerates the uh, the innovation, in my experience. I don't know what you're seeing. I agree with you. And, you know, nobody knows what is going to happen. I think there may be potentially a hybrid of you can work from home a couple of days a week because people are really being more productive. However, there is this other side as well that you do get the innovation from being in the office. And I also heard people saying, well, you know, we don't know if you're going to get promoted if you're a work from home person more likely than someone that is working from the office. So this is also another point that will probably end up happening with people that may choose to work from home. Well, that's actually a very important point because one of the tests, and I know this from having been a, a you know a fairly senior leader in the tech industry, one of the tests that we as managers, as leaders use when we're considering promoting somebody is the lineup to the office test. If there's no office and there's no lineup and you can't tell how often these people are being sought out, it's very difficult to tell what kind of influence they're exercising over the organization. We're not talking about positional power. We're talking about the natural influence where people are voting with their feet. They're lining up at the office and asking questions. If that lineup isn't there, or if you can't see it, it's very difficult to assess it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, Victor. I don't know how people can stare on Zoom meetings eight hours a day or nine, 10 hours a day. <laughs> My eyes hurt from <laughs> even three hours of Zoom video meetings. So there is this thing to consider as well. Yeah, absolutely. What are you seeing in other sectors of the economy? So as far as retail, I have a very good friend who has quite a few properties here in San Francisco and only 25% of his tenants are paying rent. And he also has some notes that are outstanding uh, for properties here as well that are not being paid. And so deals are already happening, not as many as will happen, I believe, yet, but I, I already see them. And I can give you a, a very, an example of a property. So <clears throat> there is this property at a $5.5 million purchase price. It's a retail property at a 10.9 pro forma. And so let's just say that the actual cap rate is ends up being 8%. If you purchase this property at $5.5 million and your NOI at 8% on 
is $440,000. And you were able to ride this for a couple of years with a completely vacant property. So all of your expenses for these years plus your down payment adds up to, let's say, it's a total of $3 million. If you end up renting the property at the 8% cap two years later, and you sell it at the current cap rates at four and a half that are, are very uh, normal here in the Bay Area, you, the property will be at a $9.7 million. So that's a, you're tripling your money in a, a couple of years if we're going through this for a couple of years. Well, and that's the big question. If we go through a period of time where we have extended periods of vacancy, we're going to see those cap rates increase. It's not going to be a 4.5% cap rate for that long. We're going to see that cap rate increase. We're going to see rental rates drop, just like we're seeing rental rates drop in the residential market. Now, the difference, of course, is when someone signs a five-year lease, the, the rent doesn't ratchet down unless they're able to negotiate rent concessions, which is, of course, possible. But when you start to get large amounts of vacancy open up in the retail space, it has this effect of pushing prices down across the board, maybe not immediately, but over time. Absolutely. That is why it's important to buy at low <laughs> during these times, because when something like this happens again, guess what? All of your competition that bought at top prices, they cannot drop the rent. And you are the only person that can drop rent because you bought it at a, at a steep discount. So it's important to just keep a pulse on your market and understand what you can ride uh, in terms of uh, vacancy. But I, I think that the, the deals are starting to show up. Sorry, Sorry this property is a um, supermarket. So it's not a typical retail that has a ton of competition. And that's why I, I think it's interesting to talk about this one. Wow, that is interesting. And and even though it's a supermarket, they're still getting a large amount of uh, non-payment of rent. They are vacant currently. Oh, it's currently vacant. Okay, I understand. Okay, okay. So it's a it's a footprint that could accommodate a supermarket should you manage to get one to come in there. Exactly. Okay, very interesting. Okay, so now we're at a moment in time, a point in history where the state of California has seen an uptick in the number of COVID-19 cases. They've shut things down again just in the past couple of days. Uh, what's the sentiment that you're feeling personally? What is the sense that you're getting from people locally in the community? Uh, my heart goes out to every single business owner. It really does. I feel so sorry for them. And I believe that if you can wear a mask inside uh, anything, hopefully you should be fine with social distancing. However, there are a lot of places that are not opening up and they're going back and forth with this. So nail salons and hair salons were supposed, were actually opened on Monday and they're supposed to close <laughs> today. So just because, you know, the cases have gone up, which I believe is tied to more testing that we are doing. So uh, I, I really, I, I don't know what to say. It's really sad for all business owners. And I feel like people are getting tired. They just want to, to go back to their normal lives, be able to at least eat at a restaurant and do at least something else socially besides eating outside at a restaurant, outdoors. Um, so hopefully things will open up slowly and faster. 
as well. So we can at least have something to look forward to. I certainly understand the, the feeling of fatigue around the pandemic. There's no question about it. When we look at statistics, do you have a sense for are the number of inten- are the number of patients in intensive care, is that number going up or simply the number of people that have tested positive? Uh, I stopped following the news uh, okay. over the last <laughs> month or so on that. I'm also getting tired of that. <laughs> so I did hear that some some hospitals are definitely uh, busier, but uh, I, I don't know what the correlation is between higher amount of, of testing versus the hospitals being busier. Okay. Well, fascinating perspective, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing. And San Francisco is one of those major markets. It's a bellwether market for many markets. It's certainly mirroring what we're seeing in several of the other coastal cities, Seattle, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, all seem to be following a lot of the trends that we're seeing in San Francisco proper. So if you are invested in one of those major markets, or if you are going to be affected by one of those major markets, definitely want to pay attention here. And thanks, Stephanie, for sharing your perspective. For the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>